Hi, you're listening to On Israeli Nano Monitor. I am Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. As our listeners probably know, Israelis have gone to the ballot boxes three times in less than two years. Before each round, there was a sense that this time would be the most historic, faithful, existentially crucial, that this time was a fight to the finish for the future of Israeli democracy. Well, this week Israelis vote for the fourth time in less than two years, and the sense of history in the making is even stronger. Benjamin Netanyahu's trial on corruption charges has begun. The evidentiary stage is scheduled shortly after the March 23 elections. The Prime Minister has defied predictions of his political demise for the umpteenth time and is now closer than before to obtaining a Knesset majority that would allow him to establish what would be Israel's most radical government ever. It would consist of right-wing and ultra-Orthodox parties and pave the way for legislation suspending or cancelling his criminal trial and neutering Israel's law enforcement system and judiciary. Netanyahu is campaigning feverishly up and down the country. He is one-man band, juggernaut who cannot be stopped, not by reason or uh, reality, and certainly not by his anemic or simply boring rivals. 72 hours before the elections, Netanyahu was polling at 30 Knesset seats or more, frantically poaching votes from his two main rivals on the right, Gidon Saar and Naftali Bennett, who have dropped in the polls from two-digit to single-digit results in just a few weeks. Will Netanyahu succeed in bringing Israeli democracy to its knees, to tame it to his personal needs and turn Israel into a Middle Eastern version of Hungary, verging on Turkey? Will the opposing camp block him just before he reaches the coveted 61 seats, or will the once again inconclusive results drag Israel to its fifth consecutive elections? Will the anyone but Netanyahu camp somehow miraculously find a way to stop this endless carousel and finally replace Israel's longest-serving prime minister. Our guest today is one of Israel's sharpest political pundits. Chaim Dov Levinson grew up in an ultra-Orthodox Jerusalem family that moved to Israel from the United States, but abandoned the religious way of life for what has evolved into outspoken left-wing liberalism. He writes for Aretz, hosts and participates in radio and television programs, and has an impressive Twitter following. Chaim Levinson will be here after this short break. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Middle East, and if you do, you should probably be reading El Monitor. El Monitor is a global newsroom headquartered in Washington, D.C., with a network of over 160 contributors around the world. El Monitor offers first-class reporting and analysis from a range of perspectives and an approach that represents the highest journalistic standards, as well as an award-winning commitment to press freedom and independence. If you haven't done so already, visit us at elmonitor.com, check out our articles, and sign up for our free newsletters. There's a lot to choose from, including the Week in Review, an essay that offers unusual insights and forecasts into the region 
based upon Omonitor's outstanding reporting. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our Elmonitor podcast on your favorite podcast platform on Israel with Ben Caspit and on the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Now let's uh, say hello to a Haaretz columnist and analyst, Chaim Levinson. How are you, Chaim? And thank you for joining us here in Israel. I'm amazing, Ben. I, mean, I will say I'm a little bit tired uh, after, after four election cycles and two years, but uh, it's going to be the freedom holiday next week, no? So maybe we will have a little bit of freedom. I, uh, let's not count on it. And uh, my first question for you, Chaim Levinson, is each election of the past two years have been defined as decisive and historic what is your headline for this one? Is it really a watershed moment for Israeli democracy? I think it, will, it can be a crucial moment to the Israeli democracy because uh, we see the anti-democratic coalition, the populist coalition uh, that didn't succeed in the last three election cycles uh, to get a decisive result of the elections and to have this 61 majority that will allow him to pass any kind of uh, rule they want. Um, maybe then the brink of getting the 61, it's, it's, but it's not only the, the, the possibility of ha- having 61. In the last two years, it was uh, in the belief in democracy declined in Israel because of the political crisis. And with such a background and such a grassroots feelings, I think if Netanyahu will achieve 61 seats and majority in the, in the parliament, considering the trial that he has right now, Considering the very extreme forces that is entering into the parliament from the right wing, and considering that the opposition is is broken between right and left and Arabs and left liberal, etc., it could be a very dangerous moment to the Israeli democracy. It can pass laws that will change completely the entire the entire structure of the Israeli the Israeli democracy, the Israeli government. But we need to we'll wait and see. We we definitely see. A passion to do something extreme. Uh, people are speaking very loud and clear about doing, changing the system, etc. And it can be frightening. Uh, I, I want to ask you a, a general question. How do you explain the fact that for the past years, not a single Israeli leader has emerged as a legitimate and viable alternative to Netanyahu? Is is the one and only? First of all, Netanyahu is very talented. And, and second, I think because of the, 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 the broken Israeli structure of politics, you need to have a, a, a huge passion and a huge energy in order to survive this structure. It's not like in the United States when you can come around, you can run for presidency out of nowhere and speak directly to the voters, etc., and maybe convince the voters like Barack Obama came from nowhere, became very, very popular. People loved him and voted for him. And it was enough to become president. In Israel, it's not like this because you have this multi-party structure. It's not enough to be popular. It's not enough to bring 30, 35 seats in the, in, in the Knesset. We remember Benny Gantz. Benny Gantz entered politics. He had a very good election cycle, 35, 32, 33. It's not enough. 
because you have this multi-party system, you have the Arabs that don't participate in the government, you have the Orthodox is going uh, automatically with the right wing. So if, if someone from the outside, he says, okay, I can be very popular, but in political stance, I will be outside from, from the government. It's not direct vote like in, in different countries. And Netanyahu, I will say to his, uh, uh, to his appreciation, Netanyahu has the ability, the passion, the energy, the willingness to humiliate himself in order to become prime minister. Anything, he will do anything to be prime minister. Any, nothing is beneath his honor when it's come, come to elections. And from the other side, because of structural reasons and personal reasons, you just don't have this guy. You, don't, you just don't have this guy. Benny Gantz, that was possibly this guy. We saw it happen in the end. It was a, a complete political failure. I just asked uh, Gidon Saar on my radio show, how come Netanyahu is, is fighting like it's the last fight of his life? And as we say in Hebrew, he's, he's, su- he's committing a suicide every, every a single day from the beginning, a political one, of course. And on the other, the other hand, we see uh, the, the gentlemen uh, you know, uh, uh, handling themselves very smoothly. And uh, Netanyahu is violating the law and the elections law and what, whatever that, that is, is needed to be done, exactly like you, you just mentioned. And Gideon Saar said, oh, you know what, I'm not, I, I will not uh, violate the law to get elected. So maybe then Netanyahu is earning this, uh, the, his victories uh, you know, in, in a justified way. Look, and, and, and understand what you're, what you're saying. It's a, it's a huge dilemma for, for the politicians that are running against Netanyahu if to become as merciless and uh, moralless as Netanyahu in order to win. Because Netanyahu will do everything to win. He doesn't have any problem. He, he can um, take his former advisor, uh, you remember the Israel Bachar issue, and put out a, 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 a tape, a sound, that will destroy him, destroy his family. He doesn't, he doesn't care. And if you run against Netanyahu, if you are not willing to be like Netanyahu, you are in disadvantage because he's fighting without any rules and you're fighting with fools. You are not trying to kick someone in the balls. And, you know, it's a, it's a huge dilemma, but until now we didn't, I don't, but I don't think this is really the problem. The, maybe a little bit during the Gantz, maybe the, the Gantz candidacy, you can see the moments that if he was aggressive like Netanyahu, if he was more or less as Netanyahu, he can take Netanyahu out. Um, but I don't think it's Gideon Saar. You know, Gideon Saar is, is just a good guy. I don't know if he's such a good guy anyway. <laughs> I don't think he's in the level of being a prime minister. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the name recognition. He doesn't have the feeling that this is the someone you will set your eyes and you will rely on him during war and during peace. He's, 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 he's a good manager maybe, but... It is a, it's not it's, enough. It's not enough. It's Tim Cook. He's not a, a what is the I forgot the name of the guy that died. Uh, you're actually saying that it's premature jobs. to be to be a, a, a Netanyahu type candidate. But if you remember Chaim Levinson a few a few months ago, when Gideon Saar suddenly uh, surprised all of us, uh, left the Likud, his party from childhood and formed the, the New Hope Party. And uh, Zev Elkin, uh, one of Netanyahu's best or closest allies, followed him. We, uh, we thought it's a game changer because it's the first time that 
נתניהו is being, is being challenged so roughly from the right, it's not only אביגדור ליברמן ונפתלי בנט, it's also the, the, the flesh and blood of Likud, צער and אלקין, and suddenly, somehow, he managed to, to, uh, to do something, a miracle, a spell, I don't know what, and he's in, he, within reach of 61 seats against all of them, and my question is, uh, finally, is it the coronavirus? Is it the, the, the vaccines that Netanyahu is, uh, you know, he actually brought the vaccines to Israel, and is he riding on the corona, and the, the corona that, that buried Donald Trump politically, politically maybe is the revival of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu? Look, I think, um, I don't think the issues are such important. The social structure is much more important. When you say all the time competition for Netanyahu for the right, there's a question. If you can be a right wing not supporting Netanyahu, if the definition to be a right wing is supporting Netanyahu or not, and if Gidon Saar is, come, is, is uprising and saying, I'm right wing and I'm not going to support Netanyahu, is he getting votes from the right or maybe it's votes from the center or the left that has the illusion that he will bring votes from the right and will replace Netanyahu. And you know, it was a big debate between Netanyahu and between Saar and Bennett, if to say you sit under Netanyahu, or not sit under Netanyahu. In the beginning, it was seeming like Saar made the right decision to say, I will not go with Netanyahu immediately. He got 20 seats in the polls, and it seemed much more smarter position. But in the end, maybe Bennett's position not to disconnect himself from Netanyahu is being the smarter decision because he, he still attract right-wing votes. Netanyahu um, eliminated the term of right-wing and it's not any importance to the ideology. He's facing his ideology every minute, the economic ideology. He one day said annexation, when, one day he threw the annexation to the garbage and went to have a deal with the United Arab Emirates, etc. So, it, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a social issue. I don't think it's a coronavirus issue. It's similar to what happened in the United States. I don't think someone voted for Trump because he was a good at coronavirus or voted for Biden because Trump was bad with coronavirus. Anyone, any, everyone had the same position from House and through the lens of this position, he judged the candidates. People who like Netanyahu think he's great in the corona. People who hate Netanyahu think he's disaster in the corona. Very, very few people are like Netanyahu, but disappointed from the coronavirus, and they went to Bennett, and if Bennett would go to Netanyahu, so what is the difference, Ben? So, okay, uh, I understand you. Although I think that the, the COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis did affect uh, the American election, but, but I understand fully what you said. And let me ask you this, uh, is there still a chance uh, that the, the, the anyone but Netanyahu camp will be able to, to, to form a coalition on, uh, after the election. Is there still a scenario of the, 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 the camp the only, the, that anybody but Netanyahu or the not, uh, not uh, anti-Netanyahu camp will be able to form a, a government after the election? The anti-Netanyahu camp that includes from the left Nitzan Horowitz and then the Labour with Merab Michaeli and Benny Gantz and Yair Lapid and Avigdor Lieberman from the Russian right and Naftali Bennett and Gidon Saar, how many people I mentioned here, six or seven, yeah. if they will get to 61 possible majority, that they don't have anything connecting between of them, except the, the, the willing to kick Netanyahu out of office. If you ask me if it's possible that they will sit in one room and organize a government that will outset Netanyahu just for the point of sending him home 
and healing the Israel, maybe healing the Israeli political system, it's a small chance. But I don't think it's a big chance because some, one of them will think that the fifth election is a better possibility for them and it will not form such kind of a government. And by the way, if such a government would be formed, I think it will be collapse. It will collapse in a half a year, if not a year. It will not end the political crisis. It's, it will just continue it in a different way. So it's a possibility. I think the, mo the, the probable possibility that it will go to a fifth election, Netanyahu doesn't care. He sits in office, he's an interim prime minister. Um, you know, he's, he still have his security guards, he's still, they're still funding his home in Kesaria. This is the most important issue, so what he cares. Um, so you said that the most relevant option is a fifth election, but we have the, the, the option that is getting more and more relevant, that of a Netanyahu win, a 61 or more, or more win by Netanyahu. And can you try and sketch for me the morning after a sweeping Netanyahu victory will Will he have sufficient support to carry out a constitutional revolution and rein in uh, Israeli democracy? And then it's up to it's, it's up to Naftali Bennett if he wants to be the 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 one the, the guy will stop the constitutional revolution or not. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I think he will just go with his voters. I don't think he if he will go with Netanyahu. I don't think he will stand against Netanyahu like Moshe Kahlon and Yair Lapid and Obak did in the past. He's a different guy from a different camp. If a different culture is not a, is a very right wing guy, he maybe speaks more nicely than Itamar Ben Gvir. But and I don't think they, regarding core issues of the Israeli society, they have a huge differences. Um, I, I assume that you know the, the main problem will be the the trust between Netanyahu and Bennett. I assume Netanyahu will find a way, the laws, whatever, to give Bennett. Uh, what he wants and he will believe in because I don't think Bennett has any really options. Bennett cannot go to a fifth election. What will happen in the fifth election? All the time Bennett is promising us that he will start the big Israeli party that will replace the Likud, that will be religious, not religious, and traditional. He has the same speech for 10 years. It didn't work and it doesn't work. He will get maybe eight, nine, ten seats. It's nice, but it's not a leading party. It's not a party that will make him a prime minister. And I don't think, and to go to, again, I don't, I don't see any kind of the Israeli society as a sectorial society. Bennett is unpopular and the peripheral, Mizrahi, low-class Jews that is voting in the majority of the majority of them to the Likud and without votes there. It's, it's, not, it's just not enough right-wing anti-Likud voters. And to go to fifth election, elections, it's committing suicide, political committing suicide. But... Sometimes you, you gamble and you lose. So, so let's dive uh, into the, the Bennett dilemma. I don't think even I, after 35 years in, uh, in this job, I don't remember a, a more crucial dilemma that stood in front of a politician in, in this uh, scenario. And Bennett will have probably from the, the center left side, a, a proposition to be prime minister in rotation first first prime minister for let's say two years or, or a year and a half within one month is getting inside the prime minister's chambers and home and flying to the united states and then uh, meeting uh, president biden etc etc or from the, the netanyahu side he will not get a, 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 an opportunity to, to become a prime minister but he will maybe get an opportunity to get into the likud with all his party and actually get the keys to be the next or the, the hero, the next leader of the right wing in Israel. 
What will he do in such a, such a dilemma? I think it will be a very tempting to Bennett. If, if Bennett will have a real offer to become prime minister, first, even for half a year, from Netanyahu's side, from the other side, it would be very tempting for him. I think a mature politician will understand to be a prime minister for half a year or even one year with a very small party of eight or 10 seats or even 11 and 15 seats. You will not be able to do anything as a prime minister. You can go to fly to Washington and have a nice photo with Biden. It's, it's nice. I will not say it's not nice, but I think it's pointless. But I don't think that Bennett is a mature politician. I think Bennett is a very childish politician who will be blind by the possibility to become a prime minister, to say I'm the first religious prime minister. And you think if one day I will become prime minister, so for many years, maybe in the years to come, I will say I was the prime minister of Israel. And maybe it will help him to get again to this office. Historically, we saw a prime minister who came into office and collapsed in the public opinion, Ehud Olmert, Ehud Barak. Um, it's not the office, it's not only holding the office, but if such a scenario will happen, if Netanyahu will say to Bennett, come to me, be the first one for half a year, if Lapid, Lieberman, Michaeli will say, please, Naftali, become prime minister, you have the votes, I think you will go. Very interesting. Let's say, finally, after having said all that, uh, we have to admit that, uh, that the, the, the most important thing that we have to watch on the election night and the morning after, and maybe the days after, is which small party will not cross the, 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 the line, the, the four mandates line, and will, get, will stay outside of the Knesset. If it happens to, uh, to Blue and White or to Merits, it's a disaster for the anti-Netanyahu bloc, if it happens to, uh, to uh, uh, the, the Jewish Zionist party of, uh, of Smotrich, it's a disaster for Netanyahu. If it happens to, uh, to Ram, to Mansour Abbas, I don't know uh, for who uh, it's, it's a bigger disaster. What do you say about what, what is your prediction in this issue? Look, it's, it's, a, it's, it's impossible to predict what happened in these elections also because of the threshold. We don't know who will pass or will not pass. And we had a very, you have a few elections that it was very close, 1,000 votes, 3,000 votes, 10,000 votes. And you have so many parties dancing around the threshold, so it's impossible uh, to analyze it. Of course, if a right-wing party will fall, it will be a disaster for Netanyahu. If a left-wing party will fall, it will be uh, good for Netanyahu. The question is Ram. I think, by the way, Ram, I think it's still, and, and, and Netanyahu needs Ram not to be in the parliament because it's, accelerating his possibility to have 61, because if Ram doesn't pass, maybe it, they will, he will get the one seat he needed to have the 61 majority. So it's a very tricky thing for Netanyahu. They are good for him in the parliament, but they can be also very bad for him for forming, forming a government. Um, you know, Ram, it's a very complicated question. I don't understand in Arab society. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's the structure of the Muslim movement together with the Bedouins in the, in the South. The question of the um, turnout in the Bedouin community, it's impossible to analyze and predict. It will be a very, very, very close election, especially to Ram, and it can be, by the way, will be decided only after three, four days. After every envelope will be count, like in the United States, we will need to wait. Just wait patiently and see who is passing. It will be a very, very long night. My last question is, I'm coming, going back to Gideon Saar, 
and he took the political arena by storm a few months ago, calling it the 21 Knesset seats. In your opinion, what, is, was, what was his, uh, his uh, biggest mistake? I think it's just not a good, it's not a good enough candidate. It's not just enough interesting. It's not it's just enough charismatic. It's just, it's not speaking to the gut of the voter. I think is a, a good candidate, but it's not interesting enough. And in this era, you need to be interesting. You need to have a story. You need to be a star. You need to be something. And Gideon Sarr is just not the guy, he's a good, he's, he may be smart, he's maybe efficient, he's maybe a good politician, but it's not the fun tonnage. It's just not the guy. Chaim Evanson, I enjoyed it. It was very, very interesting. Uh, thank you for joining us here in Israel in uh, Al Monitor. Todaraba Chaim. We will be back yeah. with some uh, final thoughts after a short break. Wait for us. I'm Andrew Parasoliti, president of the award-winning media news site, El Monitor, where we cover the Middle East with some of the best reporters and columnists anywhere. And I'm excited to announce our new podcast, On the Middle East, where each week I will interview newsmakers from the U.S. and the region about the latest news and trends with additional commentary from our on-the-ground correspondents. Those of you who follow the region know that what happens in the Middle East doesn't stay in the Middle East. And to cite another great movie line, every time the U.S. tries to get out, the region pulls us back. Your time is valuable, so let me promise you this. You will learn something and you will never be bored because each week we'll be talking with and listening to those leaders who are making the news and shaping the trends in this critical and fascinating region. So please subscribe to On the Middle East with me, Andrew Parasoliti. Thank you for staying with us. Haaretz analyst uh, Chaim Levinson is not very optimistic. In the interesting uh, conversation we just held with him, he said that uh, the March 23rd elections can be a crucial moment for Israeli democracy. Levinson thinks that the anti-democratic coalition is gaining momentum by the hour and maybe after three consecutive failures to reach the 61 uh, seats in the Knesset goal, they're going to do it and they're within reach of this uh, achievement. Levinson thinks that uh, democracy as a whole is declining in Israel in the past years because of the political crisis. He says that if Netanyahu achieves a majority of 61 seats in the parliament, it can be a very dangerous moment for Israeli democracy including new laws that can endanger or change the entire structure of the Israeli system. We will know the answers of, uh, to all these questions next week on Monday. If everything's all, all right, we'll be here, the same place, the same time, on Israel, in Al-Monitor. I'm Ben Kaspit from Tel Aviv. Take care.